Life Audio. Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories, seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. Take a minute to visit rachelcarmen.com and join the community of Real Refreshment listeners who are taking the dare to be in the Word as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen. Hey, everyone. Today we are tackling Mark chapter 6 in our series, Study of the Gospel of Mark. We will dive in right after this. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So as I've been sitting here reviewing my notes, I have been watching a little hummingbird flit about in my front yard And it just brings such joy to my heart to see the handiwork of God's creation. Sometimes I believe he allows me to sit here at this microphone and just show off to me. I saw deer earlier and several butterflies. And I really must say that I pray that you take time to be in his creation, the wonder of his creation, because we've already seen that this Jesus, that we are looking at his life in the gospel of Mark, he is the Lord of creation. And I know, I believe that every day he is just shouting, all of creation we know worships him. And I think he's just showing off to us, assuring us of his glory and his power and his love for us. And again, just sitting here, just watching this little, this little bitty teeny 
hummingbird just flit about and I I often wonder it would be so much fun I think to find his little nest but I'm sure it's so tiny I can't even see it and yet I'm reminded that just as God takes care of that little hummingbird he cares for me and he cares for you I am so glad that you have joined me today we are progressing through the gospel of Mark And we are looking at the actions of the Lord Christ as he ministers to those that he came to call to himself. That includes you and me, ultimately, as we have been blessed with the word of God. We are in chapter 7 today, and we're going to see more conflict between Jesus and the religious leaders We're going to see him talk today about the real core central issue. And the theme that we have running through this whole chapter, chapter 7, is this issue of listening, of paying attention. And so as we go through this, I hope that you can see how important this is as we look at these passages today. We're going to see Jesus respond. We're going to see him explain. We're going to see him listen and heal and touch and heal as we go through this passage today. And again, I want to encourage you as we study Jesus on the move, I want to encourage you to be a Jesus follower on the move, doing just what we're going to see him do here today, responding and explaining, listening and touching. We need to be people who dare to hug each other and hold each other when times get tough. Husbands and wives, we need to be holding each other's hands. Moms, we need to be snuggling with those little ones. And even when they get tall, like, you know, I'm anticipating a couple of my sons coming home in a couple of weeks, and they're tall, much taller than I am these days. And I'm looking forward to hugging those boys. We need to be people who live with our arms open wide to hug on each other and love each other and all through life. And we see that in Jesus. Many, many times he dared to touch those who were deemed untouchable. And we need to do the same thing. So we're going to dive in here. Verse 1 through 13, the very beginning of our time in the passage today, we see Jesus in a confrontational situation with the Pharisees and some of the scribes, it says. They've gathered around him. We already know that they are not paying attention to what Jesus is doing. They're not really paying attention to how Jesus is living. They really don't want to listen to any of his teaching. They either are missing or discounting or ignoring the miracles. Maybe they just don't believe them. Maybe they they actually see them and witness them, but they think that some sort of you know, smoke and mirrors trick that Jesus is doing. So they're not really paying attention to that. But it says that in verse 1 that they were gathered around him when they had come from Jerusalem and had seen that some of his disciples, Jesus' disciples, were eating their bread with impure hands. So, you know, this is a case of missing the forest for the trees. These are a group of guys who've gotten out their microscopes to see what they can find wrong with Jesus and his disciples. And they are just looking for whatever they can find. Because here's how this, um, historically, if we back up just a little bit, I can help you understand this. It's may be familiar for many of you. So we have, G- we have God 
giving Moses the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament. And then as the Old Testament progresses, especially in the 400 years of silence, you have the rise of these religious leaders, and they take those Ten Commandments, and they extrapolate those in an effort to explain those. They extrapolate those into 613 traditions, 613 explanations of what the Ten Commandments mean, okay? And so that's what they're coming to see is can they see find something wrong with Jesus and his disciples? Is it possible that of those 613 traditions of man, and that's the phraseology that we're going to see Jesus use here in just a minute, is it possible that they're not getting all of those exactly right? Well, I just, I'd ask the same thing to you. If someone came to your house or looked at your life with a list of 613 possible things that you could be doing wrong, I'd be the first to admit I'm confident that they're going to find something, right? Especially if they're looking that hard, right? I am way too familiar with how imperfectly I live, and and I'm sure I couldn't keep 613 things straight. So they are just incensed. They have found it. They have been looking to find something wrong with Jesus and his ministry and his disciples, and boy, they have found it. They are not observing the traditions of the elders. They are not washing themselves the way that they need to. Some of this is explained in verses 3 and 4. And the Pharisees and the scribes asked Jesus, Why do your disciples not walk according to the traditions of the elders, but eat their bread with impure hands? So this is supposedly their gotcha moment, right? They are confronting Jesus They're not asking him for insight on a parable that he's taught. They're not coming to him genuinely seeking to understand him or his ministry or his teaching. They're not genuinely coming to him wanting to know who he is. They're not coming wanting to follow him. They're not coming with anything but an accusation, basically saying you're asserting that you're something and you've got disciples and you're not following the traditions of the elders. And then Jesus responds like this in verse six. He says to them, rightly did Isaiah say. Now, Isaiah is an Old Testament prophet. So Jesus here goes on to quote the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. Rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far away from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. So let's unpack this just a little bit. First of all, don't miss that Jesus, the righteous judge, rightly calls out these Pharisees and these scribes as hypocrites. Rightly, he does. He is the God man. So rightly, he assesses their hearts and says, you're being hypocritical. And Isaiah wrote about you in the Old Testament. Isaiah prophesied that you would worship me. You would know what to say. You would know the prayers, the repetitions. You would know all of those things to say. But your heart is not with me. Your heart is not with me. You know the rituals and you know the rules. But you don't want a relationship with me. Jesus just calls them out. He just calls them out. 
he goes on then in verse 8 to say, you're neglecting the commandments of God and you hold on to the traditions of men. So Jesus is saying, you're, you're holding on to the wrong thing here. You're holding on to the wrong thing. And I just want to interject, it's really easy for you and me to read this passage and get all caught up in the criticism of the Pharisees, but I think it would be healthy for you and I to step back a little bit and go, hmm, are there things of God that we are neglecting and traditions of men that we're holding on to? Because I got to tell you, I know that's true for me. I know that there are traditional things that can really be something that I latch onto and hold onto, and I forget that it's just a tradition. It's not a commandment of God. It's not a commandment of God. And I need to back up and make sure that what I'm holding on to are the commandments of God and not just mere traditions. He goes on in verse 9 to say something also very convicting. He says this, You're experts at setting aside the commandments of God in order to keep your traditions. So again, I think it is worth, it would be healthy for you and I to consider, have we become experts in our various denominational traditions of perhaps paying more attention to the denominational tradition, and not so much to the commandments of God. It's worth thinking about. It's worth contemplating. It's worth considering. Make sure you take time to study 10 through 13, in which he gives even another example. But I want to move on, given our time here today, and go to the next part of the passage, picking up in 14. It says, after this little confrontation with the Pharisees and the scribes, when he calls them out, right, and he says, You are not paying attention to the right thing, right? You're not paying attention to the right thing. You're not listening, basically, is what Jesus is saying to the Pharisees and the scribes. Picking up in 14, it says that Jesus calls the crowd to him. He calls the crowd in closer. And what is the first thing he says to them? Listen to me, he says. All of you and understand, these are the words of Christ, there is nothing outside of a man that can defile him, but the things which proceed out of the man are what defile the man. If anyone have ears to hear, let him hear. So get this scene. He's confronted and responded and called out the Pharisees and the scribes. Then he calls the crowd who must have been nearby and says, come closer, come closer. They're not listening to me. I want you to listen to me and listen to what I'm saying to you. Listen to what I'm saying to you. Picking up now in verse, let's see, let's pick up in 18. Here it says that the disciples were questioning him about what he had just said to the crowd. And Jesus says, are you still lacking understanding? Do you not understand that whatever goes into a man from the outside cannot defy him because it doesn't go into his heart? So here's when we're getting it, right? This is where Jesus is drilling down to the real message. The real thing that the Pharisees and the scribes are missing, the real thing that Jesus is warning about here is our heart is our heart. What he wants those that follow him to hear is that it is the heart 
that matters. That is the core issue. That is what we need to guard. That is what we need to pay attention to because that is the commandment of God. I'll be right back and we'll drill down into what some of the examples of this are. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast, to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on The Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. Okay, so Jesus is teaching his disciples. He's explaining all that he said, both to the Pharisees and the scribes, then to the crowd, and now he's explaining to the disciples. Drilling down, looking at verse 22, it says, From within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things proceed from within and defile the man. Jesus is saying right now, all of these sins, these are all serious issues. They proceed from a man because of the condition of his heart. That's the warning that Jesus is issuing here. Again, It is easy for us to see these issues as sinful and wicked and evil and be concerned about these outplays of that. But what Jesus is saying here is it's not enough to deal with these deeds. It's not enough to call them out unless we're willing to examine our hearts. And that's the real challenge is that you and I would guard our hearts. And that would be my homework assignment for you in addition to the PDF study guide that you can get over at rachelcarmen.com, I would dare you to do a study of the word heart in Scripture. If I'm remembering it correctly, and this would be the number from a study of the word heart in the NASB 95, that word occurs in that translation 726 times. It's an important word in Scripture. 
Over and over and over, Scripture talks about the significance and the importance of our heart, guarding it, guarding what we treasure in it, how we can know the condition of it by what comes out of our mouth, right? This is the central issue, is how we guard and tend to our heart. Solomon talks about it throughout the Proverbs. This is an important thing. Take time to consider your heart and what you're storing up in your heart. You remember that there are two times that the gospel narratives note that Mary treasured all of these things in her heart. You and I are treasuring something in our heart. And whatever that something is, it ought to be God alone and exclusively. And if it's not, It's not going to be able to be something that we can hide from other people because it's going to be evident in the way we live. When we treasure God and his goodness and his truth in our hearts, it's evidenced in the way we live. And when we don't, it's evidenced in the way we live, the way we treat others. So we really need to make sure we're guarding our heart. Going now down to verses 24 through 30. We have this interaction that Jesus has with the Syrophoenician woman. It says he got up from this explanation he gives to the disciples, and he went to the region of Tyre, and when he entered into a house, he was confronted with this woman. It says that she had a little daughter with an unclean spirit, and she came, and she did. Again, this was an assignment I gave to you a couple of weeks ago. All of the people who come to Jesus, and they fall at his feet. I'd like to suggest to you that's really the only posture possible when you're in the presence of Jesus is to fall at his feet, to his knees, in in humble submission and acknowledgement of who he is. And over and over and over through the gospel narrative of people coming to Jesus, we see them falling at his feet. And the Syrophoenician woman is no exception to that. It says she fell at his feet. And she was a Gentile, though, but she kept asking him, kept asking him, kept pleading with him, please heal my daughter, please heal my daughter. And Jesus responds saying, well, you need to let the children be satisfied first. He was referring to the Jews. In other words, she was asking as a Gentile for Jesus to heal her daughter. And he was like, "Mm." and this needs to be attributed to the Jews first. But she responded. Yes, Lord, but even the dogs under the table feed after the children's crumbs. And Jesus said to her, really astonished at her faith, she realized it only took a crumb. Remember, we talked a couple of chapters ago about Jesus teaching on just a mustard seed's measure of faith. That's what this woman said. I don't need a feast. I just need you to to heal my daughter. And I know that it is no small thing. And I know that it is a small thing for you to do that. And sure enough, Jesus at his word says to her, because of this answer, go, the demon has gone out of your daughter. He didn't even have to go see the girl. That's the other chart you could put together. Again, my goal in this study with you through the book of Mark is not to give you all of the information, not to make all the connections for you, not to give you all of the charts and graphs, not to do all of this homework for you. No, no, no. I want to inspire you to do it. 
I want us to come together here once a week. I want you to go and download the study guide. I want you to start getting into the pages of scripture. And I want you to be so excited about what the Holy Spirit is teaching you that you can't get enough. That is life transformation. Somebody who's just getting into the word of God, wants to know more, wants to emulate the example of Christ, wants to walk in his footsteps, inspired by what he sees, she sees in the Bible and wants to live that out because God is speaking through his word. He's directing our steps. He's calling us into a deeper relationship with himself. Says in 30 then that she went back to her home and she found her child lying on the bed, the demon, the demon having left her. So just at her spoken word, he heals that little girl. Then it says that he went starting then in 31, that he went on from there and they continued to bring to him people who needed healing and specifically one who was deaf and spoke with difficulty, it says. And they implored him to lay his hand on him. Now, this is an interesting telling. It says that Jesus, we are now, I'm looking at verse 33. It says, Jesus took this deaf man aside, we don't know his name, from the crowd which to me seems very tender of Jesus. It seems that maybe in contrast to the man with the withered hand, which we talked about again a few chapters back, this man, Jesus doesn't, he doesn't do this healing in front of everybody. He, there's something here that we don't have included, but it seems that he takes him aside, away from the crowd, And he, but then he goes on. So that seems kind and compassionate, or at least in my view, it does. But then Jesus proceeds to do some things that seem a little odd to me and maybe to you also. And I'm just going to have to trust that this was just, this was just Jesus's way because here's, here's my, here's my application of this. I feel like in my own life, Jesus sometimes does things that are strange or odd. But he has the right to do that because he's Jesus. He's God, right? And so I I kind of, I see this as things in my own life where I'm like, look, just a few verses back, you healed a girl long distance. I mean, just at your word, you set her free from a demon. And now this deaf guy is in front of you. And listen to what it says he did. Jesus took him aside And he put his fingers into his ears. And after spitting, he touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven with a deep sigh, he said, be opened. I think that's kind of odd. But again, there are times in my own life where I know, I am confident that God could change a circumstance or answer a prayer in just seconds. And yet... Very often, it takes sort of a roundabout way or a series of circumstance or maybe, in my opinion, an inordinate amount of time, right? He answers the prayer always because that's what he does. But I'm just like, I, I okay, it's not the way I would have done it, right? And we see that illustrated here. It says in 35, the unnamed deaf man's ears were opened. And the impediment with his tongue was removed, and he began speaking plainly. So right here, again, we've had this whole issue of listening through this whole chapter of 7. The Pharisees weren't listening. 
Jesus speaks to the crowd saying, listen to me. The center issue is here's the heart. The Syrophoenician woman comes and Jesus listens to her. He listens to her answers and he answers. And then here at the end of chapter seven, we have a man who couldn't hear. He couldn't listen. He was deaf and Jesus heals him. That same healing power, if you find yourself unable to hear what Christ is trying to say to you, or maybe you're being belligerent, maybe you're stopping up your own ears. I have been in places in my life, intersections in my life, where I knew, I knew what he was saying through his word to me, and I didn't want to hear it. I had my hands over my ears, da-da-da-da-da, I don't want to hear it, right? And I'm just here to say... There is freedom in letting the words of truth wash over your heart, mind, and soul. And there is an invitation for you to follow him, to trust, and to obey. Jesus says to you today, wherever you are, whatever storm you're in, whatever challenge you're facing, whatever hilltop you're standing on, he invites you today, listen to me. I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a question or comment, we invite you to send it to info at rachelcarmen.com. And while you're at Rachel's website, check out her wonderful resources, including the Word in Motion Bible curriculum. We want to take a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged, and we need accountability in the Word. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you in the next episode of The Real Refreshment Podcast. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. God invites us to cultivate thankful hearts by turning our eyes toward Him in good times and bad to listen to more abide christian meditations just go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for abide christian meditation you can also download the abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com